Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We are a family on a journey to become more like Christ, sharing His kingdom by expressing His love. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. We're going to carry on. We're talking about the standard. What is a standard? A standard is something that is set, something that is measured, that you measure other things against. It's a reference point. And Christ is the, for, for you and I as believers, our reference point is not our pastor, our wife, our friend. Our reference point is the person of Jesus Christ. You see, everybody else that we compare ourselves to, we may magnify them in some areas, but there's other hidden areas in their lives where they've still got growing to do as well. Jesus is the one we measure our lives against. Another thing about a standard, like I've said, is that it's constant. It does not waver. It's not up one day and down the next. A meter is a meter on a Monday and a meter is a meter on a Saturday. A liter is a liter in the daytime and a liter is a liter at the nighttime. Whether it wobbles or whether it's tight, a kilogram is a kilogram no matter what scale you weigh it on. It is fixed. These things are standard and we measure all things by them. Now, to set a standard, like I said, is, means that we measure our lives against it. And to raise the standard, therefore, means that the requirements have been elevated beyond what we originally thought, beyond what we considered to be normal, beyond and above the status quo of what is generally accepted. Um, you know, I often find this in my life as a believer. The standard has been raised as I've grown older. Movies that were okay, that my soul didn't bother me about, my spirit didn't have any issue with watching 10, 15 years ago, I can't watch now. I can't remember the last time my wife and I watched a movie that was over 2 to 16. Because to do so means that I'm going to be confronted with things that bother my conscience. The language, the, the, the sex and the nudity in these things, my, my conscience just can't handle those things anymore without it without it bothering me are there exceptions yes of course i've watched other movies i don't say that i have it as a law but what i say is that the standard of what was acceptable to me now is different from what it was something has grown in my life now there's still areas that i have got to grow uh, we're not going to go into those today but a standard is something that i model my life after i i put it up there I measure myself according to it, and I can see the areas that I need to grow. The Word of God teaches us that the, his, the Word of God, the Bible, is like a mirror. It is a standard that we look at and we measure ourselves by. But it's a powerful standard because it works in us. It is alive and it is powerful. That's why the Bible says, line upon line, precept upon precept, we grow from one level of glory to another level of glory as we behold Christ, as we look at the word, and as the standard begins to lift us up to its level. Today is Pentecost Sunday. When Christ came to the earth, he raised the standard and he set the standard. Now, any of us who look at Christ realize our inability to live up to the standard that he set, the standard of purity, the standard of holiness, the standard of submission and humility, the standard of power. We realize our, our innate inability 
to live up to that. It's impossible. It's beyond our natural abilities. But that's why what we celebrate today is such an important day. Because the coming and the giving of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, is the ability within us to elevate us little by little, day by day, to the standard of Jesus Christ. And like I say, this is a spiritual standard for spiritual people. We cannot get there on our own. Let, let's listen to some of the things that Jesus says. Acts 1 verse 8, just before uh, he, he is ascended into heaven, he says, You shall receive power, in other words, divine ability, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And by that power, you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Another place, John 14, 12, Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. And even greater works than these, because I am going to my father. What Jesus is saying here is that when the spirit comes, the same life force that enabled me to do these things will be in you. You will be able to do what I have been doing. We understand this is beyond our natural ability. Natural people deal in natural things, but spiritual people deal in spiritual things. And when I talk about raising the standard, what I mean is that it is for us to raise our standard from being consumed with the natural things of this life to where the spiritual realities of heaven and the spiritual realities of the spirit become real to us and we can navigate them and we can uh, be led by the spirit of God to make those spiritual realities natural realities in our lives. Again, Jesus said to his disciples in John 16 verses 12 to 13, there is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. Folks, there's so much more that God wants to do in our lives, but he's waiting for us. Here, the disciples had to wait for the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit has already been given for you and I. It's not that we are waiting for God to come into our situation and do something miraculous and powerful and wonderful. God is waiting on us. Because he says in verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. What is this truth? This truth is the new standard, the standard of who Jesus Christ is, the standard of the kingdom. And the Holy Spirit, he says, is going to come to guide you into the realities and the truths of heaven, of heaven, of heaven. In my life, it's often much the same. To guide us into the realities and the truths of the kingdom of God. He will not speak on his own authority, but he will tell you what he has heard and he will tell you about the future. So what a standard does is it sets a mark for us. It calls us up to that mark. We measure our lives against that mark. And like we said, a standard is constant. The first part of the word standard is the word stand. A standard stands. It stands eternal. It stands true forever. You see, a standard ought to bring me out of my comfort zone because it expects something more of me and it draws me up to its level. That's what the standard of Jesus Christ does. It expects more of me. What do I mean? Not that I strive more, that I lay down more, that I may come up to that level. But there's another thing that a standard does. A standard withstands. It keeps on standing despite scrutiny, despite shaking, despite testing, 
a standard withstands. If here in South Africa, we have a government organization called the SABS, the South African Bureau of Standards. And what they do is they test products to ensure that they are safe and that they work properly. And when you have an SABS stamp on something, the SABS stamp of approval, that ought to mean something. It means that this product has met a certain level. And how do they know it's met that level? They meet, they know that it's met that level by testing what that product can withstand. Can it withstand scrutiny? Can it withstand heat or cold or pressure or uh, friction? You, you understand the, the process. A product is tested and tested and tested to see not just what it's done, not just what it says it stands for, but for what it can withstand. So raising the standard in your life and in my life means not just that we look at, at, at where it is that God wants to take us to, but it means that we need to increase that which we are able to withstand. Let me give you another, another example. When you start off in a company, perhaps you're young. I remember when I started off in, in, in transport all those years ago, uh, I couldn't withstand much. I couldn't withstand much. I'll never forget it. With, with, in the third month, I started as an in-house clerk, uh, looking after one client, and I needed to make sure that their cargo got to its destinations. And with, uh, I'd, I'd only, it was, I was new in the job, only in about the third month, one of the trucks rolled, and all the cargo was spilled all over the highway, all ruined. I want to tell you, I was, what, 20, 20, 21? It almost broke me. I couldn't believe what was I going to do. I didn't know how to handle the situation. I was completely overwhelmed. I went to the client. He expected all these reports from me. I didn't know where to start. I didn't understand the software. I, I, I was at my wit's end. I didn't know how to handle this high-pressure situation. Well, I want to tell you, moving on just a year, if that had happened again, I would have known exactly what to do, exactly how to handle the situation. I could withstand more than I could withstand before. As I grew in the role, going on four or five years and became a manager and oversaw uh, nationwide operations and some of the largest accounts were entrusted to me. Why? Because built into me throughout those years was a, 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 an ability to withstand more pressure, more scrutiny. I had more experience so I could deal with, with the high pressure situations that I needed to deal with obviously by the grace of God, obviously not without struggles and without stress, but the standard that I was able to deliver had, 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 was, had, had risen and therefore I was able to withstand a lot more pressure, withstand a lot more things. It became stronger. In the times that you and I are living in, folks, as revival is beckoning and knocking on the door, we mustn't think that revival comes without resistance. If I go back to the first scripture that I quoted this morning, revival comes, the spirit of God comes in like a flood. When? When does that happen? When the enemy comes in. The enemy has come in. We see just so many examples of all different things all over the world today. And I'm talking about more than just this coronavirus. And if we believe in God for a rising up of the church, that means that our standards as individuals, as members of that kingdom body, will need to rise to another level, not just so that we can become more like Christ, but also so that we can withstand the pressures and the fears that are going on around us. Everything is being shaken. 
But that which is built on the rock, which is Jesus, will come through, not SABS approved, but Holy Spirit approved. The Bureau of Holy Spirit Standards, where he lives within us and where we live according not to natural truths and natural realities, but we're able to withstand that which goes on in the natural because we are actually living and working on a supernatural plane. I want you to turn in your Bibles with me, please, to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Now we're going to share a little bit about this scripture, and then we're going to call it a day for today, and we'll move on to some other aspects next week. Philippians, uh, sorry, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 18, are verses you're probably quite familiar with. It has to do with the armor of the Lord. Now, remember, we've spoken about a standard, that God has called us to be that standard in the midst of the world that we are living in, to set the standard, to be that standard, to be an example that others can measure themselves against and look and go, how is it that you are standing strong? How is it that you have joy and peace in your heart in the midst of everything that is going on? We're looking at the fact that the first part of the word standard is the word stand, to be strong in the Lord, to stand strong. And so here in Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10, it says, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In other words, the power of the Spirit. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Remember, I said to you, natural people deal in natural things. Spiritual people deal in spiritual things. Our battle is not flesh and blood. Our struggle is not the economy. Our struggle is not the virus. There are spiritual things at work and at play. And those who achieve victory in that realm will see that victory exercised and worked out in their natural realm. He says, therefore, because of the spiritual battle that is taking place, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day there we have that word withstand. What can you take and still stay standing? And having done all, to stand. Stand on the word, to stand in faith, to stand strong, regardless of what's going on around you. Verse 14, again, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. There we have it again, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. Now that's a mouthful. And I'm not going to spend our time going through each and every one of those elements of armor. But I want you to understand the concept of what Paul is trying to communicate through the scripture. Armor is designed to protect you. It stops things from getting to you, whether arrows or swords or whatever it may be. And likewise, the attributes of the armor of God are a spiritual armor. They're like a spiritual force field, if you like. And they have actual power and actual influence in our lives. Folks, peace, the gospel of peace. Peace is not the absence of war or the absence of noise 
peace is a spiritual force that in the midst of these things going on around us, peace keeps our hearts settled and established. Righteousness is a force. You know, it talks about being righteous conscious rather than sin consciousness. Righteousness is a force that, that establishes us uh, in relationship with God. Salvation is a force. Truth is a force. And that is why God hates lies and deceit. Truth, why is truth a force? Because truth has the power to liberate you from the, from the hold of lies and deceit. Not only to liberate you, but to keep you free. Truth is a standard that when other things come in, we can identify them as false or as wrong or as a lie because we know the truth. The truth is incredibly powerful. It is a force. The gospel is a force. Faith is a, sport, is a force. The spirit and the word of God, these are forces. These are powerful things. They're not just good ideas. They're not just a strategy. They are powerful things. Now, every one of these attributes that I've mentioned are spiritual forces within our lives that set and maintain the standard of the kingdom of God, the standard of Jesus, the standard of the spirit of God, the standard of peace, standard of love, the standard of purity and holiness, the standard of compassion, of grace, of generosity, the standard of the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness and goodness, faithfulness and self-control. These are the standards. And the spirit works in us, not just to bring us up to these, but to maintain them. And these, as these standards get established in our lives, we are able to withstand so much more pressure from the outside. We become a tree that others can take shelter in. Our shield is the, is the, is, is our faith is the shield that others will come behind and, and be a slipstream. How many, how many times has my father-in-law's faith been a shield for me and for his family and for our spiritual family? My faith and my knowledge of the sword are the weapons that my girls cling close to me and I protect them and I carve out a way for them with those things. So this goes beyond just me and my well-being, but it enables us to raise a standard and to live in a way that is not subject to everything that goes on around us. But that we can be the conduits for the life and the grace of God in these situations. The message says truth, righteousness, faith and salvation are more than words. It's talking about the, these these parts of the armor of God. They're more than words. It says learn how to apply them. You see, you cannot raise a standard externally that you've not first established internally. And here I have a word for us younger folk. Those of us who are sort of my age and a little bit younger. We've grown up in an environment of instant things, of the instantaneous. We've grown up where, you know, it, it, where solutions come quick and easy. The generation before us understood processes of doing things. They understood that that you have to invest things and you, those things, as you work on them, over time produce a desired result. Because of that, we are often very lazy when it comes to this area. We, 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 we got the prayer line mentality that we come, somebody prays a prayer for us, and things are just established in our hearts and lives and they suddenly work. We have the mentality that, okay, I've gone on this course, now this is real to me, or I've read this verse, or I listened to that sermon. Folks, raising the standard is not a once-off thing that happens. It is a perpetual journey of daily disciplines. It doesn't come overnight and it doesn't come 
just because somebody prayed a prayer or just because you, you, you put yourself through a course or something like that. It comes as a result of intimacy with God on a regular basis. Sure, there was the day where the baptism of the Holy Spirit fell on those people and they all spoke with tongues and the kingdom of God broke loose. Wonderful. We all have those, uh, those events and those moments in our lives. But the reality of that needed to be lived out every single day from that day forward. You cannot raise a standard in your life externally through trying to change your behavior that has not first been raised within your heart. Jesus never promises us a good life. He never promised you a good life. He never promised you an easy life. He promised you his life. And there's a big difference. What that may look like for you and for me and for the next person is going to be different because our callings and our giftings are different. But Jesus promised you his life, the fullness of his life. That is the standard. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, as we cooperate with him, as we open our hearts to him, he brings us into that standard of life, that quality of life, which is the God kind of life. It's the eternal kind of life. It's the overcoming victorious kind of life. It's the joyful kind of life. It's the blessed life. Now, yes, I want to encourage you folks in that today. That the standard has been set. And next week, I'm going to talk to you about some practical ways that we can raise the standard in our hearts and in our lives. We're going to make this very practical. But I want to pray today that, that as we celebrate Pentecost and the giving of the Holy Spirit, as we understand that it is only by that leading of the Spirit and by the power of the Spirit that we can elevate our lives to a different standard where we are living by the grace and the nature of God and not by that which is going on around us, where we are spiritual people dealing in spiritual realities that affect the natural rather than just natural people leaning on natural ideas and natural solutions to the problems that we face. There is so much more out there. And what I'm hoping is what I've shared with you today will create in you a hunger to press in and to say, God, I want the standard of Christ. I want the standard that you came to establish. I want you to flood me with that standard, to flood me with a hunger for that. So that when the enemy comes in, like a flood, there is something within me that resists it and pushes back and enforces the victory of the kingdom in my heart. That I will not let fear settle in. I'm not going to let anything that is contrary to what you have come to give me, Lord Jesus. I will establish the standard of your word, standard of your truth in my heart and in my life and see it come to fruition. That's what the hunger I'm talking to you about, folks. And I'm hoping that what I've shared with you today will produce in you something that will seek, that will look. Uh, and like I said, next week, we will go into a few more practical ways that we can raise the standard within our hearts and within our lives. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, Come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.